Hey Fraser Coast, it's Mac and I'm doing something a bit different. I'm back on Hit 101.9 on Monday the 20th of April from 6am, but right now here's a podcast for the Fraser Coast for your Easter break. It's to keep you up to speed locally. I'm going to talk to Dan from MKR, he's going to tell us about how he ruined his wife's birthday cake. And then I pulled this cake out, ready to ice it, and it just tasted like onion. (laughs) (laughs) I had to scrap that idea. Also, local muso Derek F. Smith, he's got an original song for us. Might make you a little teary. It's very good. But I hope they're better than me. Hope they learn from my mistakes. I hope they're wild and free. Less rubble in their wake. Also, musician Anna Farquhar met her at Open Mic. Yes, you've got to say that name very slowly. Uh, she's really good. She's got a great new track she's released. And diversification, that's the big thing on the Fraser Coast. I'm talking to some local businesses about how they're doing their thing. As well as a couple of teachers, I've got a high school teacher and a primary school teacher. They're going to tell us about how to teach kids from home because we're all doing that at the moment. It's a little bit difficult and we're not all really sure that we're doing the right thing, but they are here to put your minds at ease. So let's kick things off, first of all, the tune. This is Anna Farquhar. Yes, I said it right. And her new song, Boy, I like this.
David told me, could have shown me that I feel this way about you. There's some brand new Aussie music for you on the Fraser Coast. Anna Farqua, she's from Emerald. I met her when she came to one of our open mics and she's with me right now. How are you doing? I'm great, Mac. How are you? I'm good. Now, how's it going in Emerald? What's the scene like? Um, well, it's a bit quiet. Yes. Uh, not much going on. Uh, <laughs> well, the toilet paper's just been restocked. I know oh, the shops last night when I went to go stock up. So, <laughs> Excellent. That's a great start. <laughs> you run your own music studio, uh, so you've got a lot of students that uh, go to school. So that's obviously going to be changing how you do things. Yeah, definitely. I've got to figure out how to teach online, which won't be too hard, but mm. piano, is, I think, is going to be the toughest one to teach online. Oh, I could imagine. Yeah, you don't have your ruler there to whack them on the hands when they get it wrong. <laughs> oh, no, I would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> My mum always used to tell me about a nun that used to teach her, and whenever she'd get the piano wrong, it was like, whack. Oh, yeah, no, I'm so glad I, that never happened to me. I had nice piano teachers. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's a great way to learn, just letting people know it there. If you're trying to teach your kids at home uh, how to play piano. Uh, so, yeah, you've got to obviously navigate that. Um, at the moment, pub gigs aren't there anymore, and that was also how you were bringing in the bread and butter on the weekends. Yeah, it was. That's been the toughest one for me to um, have to sort of navigate how I'm going to do things now. Yeah, it's a, it's a different world. Uh, there's, there's a lot of people doing bits and pieces online. You've already done a few little concerts online, haven't you? Yeah, I have, yeah. So done a few lives and they've gone really well and they're really fun and it's just a way to connect to everyone again and have some sort of normalcy back in my life. Well, it's a weird time for so many different reasons, but it's an interesting time to be bringing out a song. It just kind of happened, didn't it? Uh, on the 30th of March, Boy came out. Yeah, it did. Um, didn't know that would be going through a pandemic, so... <laughs> the- <laughs> The date was set and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to have to roll with this and just hope for the best, really. Yeah, well, I remember talking to you last year and you were saying, hey, I've got some music coming up because you came to Open Mic at the Beach House Hotel. You said, I've got some music coming up. Can I keep in contact and let you know what's going on? I'm like, yeah, cool. Then you sent me the song the other day and wow, what a killer. I heard you do it live and that was awesome. But uh, you've really got some great production on this thing. Oh, I'm just so grateful to have such a good producer, James North in Brisbane, I just gave him my ideas. I said, oh, this is what I think it should sound like. What do you reckon? And he just took it, like, above and beyond what I could imagine it would be. Like, he was amazing. He's just an incredible producer. How long did you actually spend in the studio putting this whole thing together? Because it's an album, right? Uh, EP. So I've got six songs, and I spent two weeks with James. And, yeah, it was just it was an incredible experience. It was the first time that I've been in a, like, a proper recording studio with, like, a proper producer. So it was just it was so amazing to spend those two weeks with James and to pick his brain about things. And he really, really pushed me out of my comfort zone a few times and said, oh, let's put this sound in and, oh, let's do this with the guitar. I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and then it came out. I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I said yes to all these ideas because, yeah, he, he was just amazing. Well, music is definitely... Definitely one thing that helps you get through when you need uh, a 
bit of support in these tough times. What would be your playlist at the moment? Obviously, Boy's going to be on there. But um, have you got an artist or somebody that you could turn us on to that people should be listening to? Oh, I've got a few. I listen to a bit of everything, really. Mm-hmm. I just listen to stuff that really like pumps me up. Actually, yesterday I was listening to the very best of Deep Purple. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> uh, if Dad, if you're listening, I hope you're proud of me. Um, <laughs> I love Shania Twain. Get that going and dance around the house. Thank God I can dance around the house because no one else is home. So. <laughs> <laughs> Shania's always good for a dance. Let's go, girls. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Um, but I've been listening to the Jezebels as well. They've okay. been a really good one to listen to. Yeah, nice. So if people want to check out your stuff, where is the best place to go, Anna? iTunes and Spotify are the best ones. Yep. Then it's also on YouTube. There's a lyric video there. Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music are the main ones to go to. But if you're younger, TikTok's the way to go. Are <laughs> oh, you got it on TikTok? <laughs> it's on TikTok. Wow. Do you mime to your own song on TikTok? No, I can't say that I use TikTok. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. That would be good to see. You do uh, some dance moves to your own stuff. <laughs> Just make a TikTok dance. Yeah, absolutely. Look, uh, Anna Farquhar Music, uh, if you want to look her up, that's the way to go. And um, this is a great song. Really like it, Anna. Oh, thank you so much. Clearly, a lot of local businesses are doing it tough at the moment. But what we love to see is that fighting spirit. And one of those guys with that fighting spirit is Adrian from Party Central. The guy lost a whole heap of work, but he's decided to diversify with his business. I caught up with him at the front of my place. Yeah, you can hear the birds, the kids, the cars, everything. Here's that chat. I found it quite inspiring. Good to see you. Hey, and yourself, how's things? Socially distant. (laughs) Uh, It's nice to have that space in between us. It is, it is. Mate, um, things have obviously changed when it comes to entertainment. You know, I was doing Thursday nights at the Beach House with Open Mic. That's non-existent. You guys were running the Friday night... Friday night R&B club nights at the Beach House, yeah. We were doing uh, karaoke as well on Fridays. That's right, you're doing that too. So that's also changed. So for you guys, what does it look like at the moment? What are you doing? Well, it, uh, it sort of hits you, uh, hits home a little bit, mm. all of a sudden overnight, like many people in the entertainment business, uh, that your business has stopped. Um, yet there's still bills that got to be paid, yep. um, insurances, uh, etc. So um, rather than just sitting on the bum and going, oh dear, what am I going to do? <laughs> We're trying to obviously utilise what we've got. So, um, outside of the entertainment stuff, I thought, well, hold on, I've got vans, so we could look at home deliveries for people. Yep. Also, uh, because I live on a reasonable block, I've got a nice sized lawnmower and whipper snippers. So again, having the use of vans, we can actually go out and, and do mowing of lawns, which is, is, is quite handy, it keeps the nice distance from people. And again, with the weather that we're getting, lawn mowing is, is actually quite a big uh, useful thing. So um, it, it, it keeps, us, um, keeps us ticking along, so we can get through the other side of this. Other thing that we're doing that we're trying to still keep our entertainment side of um, entertain people that are still mm-hmm. at home, um, we've got onto a thing where we've actually got our escape rooms. Yep. We can't use our escape rooms. Of course. Um, but unfortunately, we do have the office space or the shop space. Mm-hmm. So we've actually set up our DJ gear and we're doing live streams. So nice. we're doing uh, Friday night gigs still yep. that people can tune into. So they actually just uh, download the app Twitch, yep. Twitch TV. 
and on t Twitch TV, they just search for Party Central, and then they can like us. And then on Friday nights from 9 p.m., we'll actually do live streaming sets. People can comment, they can put requests in. So again, we're keeping that, trying to entertain people. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, not sit around and mope around about it. Mm -hmm. um, also had a look at doing um, quiz nights. Okay. So again, we'll live stream. We're gonna look at some music quizzes where mm -hmm. people can, again, tune in. We'll be playing some music. You've got to guess the songs, name the artists. So again, actually provide entertainment so um, we keep ourselves entertained. Yeah. Being in the entertainment business, we're generally like a bit out there. <laughs> we're, we're, we're fun kind of people. Of course. And we don't want to get it down. We don't want to, you know, a lot of sort of pull stuff happening in the world. Where yeah. We, we, we don't want to just get down and down about mm -hmm. it. So actually just try and keep ourselves entertained, but also obviously keep others entertained. So yes, it's it's moving forward and onward and upward with the, the uh, I suppose, the cards we've been dealt to them. Yep. And mate, if people want to find out any more info, where's the best place for them to check it out? Well, our Facebook pages are always mm -hmm. useful. So you can look at Party Central Australia. That yep. will have all our links for our uh, quiz nights and our R&B or our club nights. And our mowing, if you just um, look on Facebook again, um, Harvey Bay Mowing and Delivery Services. Well, good luck with everything and uh, all the best, Adrian. Thanks very much. Look after yourself. Dan joins me from MKR and obviously Eat. G'day, mate. Hey, Mac, how are you, mate? I'm good, Dan. How's it going for you guys at home? Yeah, not too bad, mate. I think we're, we're fortunate. Me and Steph spend a lot of time together anyway, so yep. I think the extra time that doesn't sort of wear on us too much, but we're working on a heap of projects and stuff like that, mate, so we're flat out, and in between that and a bit of schoolwork for me, and, and um, we just uh, added a another family member in a, a little Labrador pup, so he's keeping us busy too, so no, plenty going on here, that's for sure. Absolutely, mate. So tell us about this new e-book. Now, you guys have done really well with it, haven't you? Obviously, I make it no secret, I went through weight loss surgery in March 2018, and on that process, I realised that there wasn't much out there with a direction on what to eat or, or how to eat, and I've had success with the surgery, so I thought I'd put my uh, stories and, and what I've learned along the way into an e-book and I can get it out to the people that are thinking about the surgery or, or had the surgery and struggling in certain areas. So we put together the content. Brianna, a, a local a lady that does a lot of photography and filming and stuff, she put it together for us. And, mate, we put it out on the big wide web on Saturday afternoon and, it, and it's gone ballistic. It's really taken off and, and we've had some really good feedback from it. And, mate, I'm just excited to be able to help people with their journey because it's definitely life-changing and, and people feel much more confident and stuff in everyday life from the weight loss surgery. So I'm just happy I can help people. I've had a number of friends have the surgery and they have said before the hardest thing is portion control. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Like, because you've been big all your life and you're used to eating big amounts of food, mm. that's still in your brain. Yep. So it's just, yeah, like, at the start, I, I used to serve up quite large serves and then I'd sort of obviously realised I couldn't eat it because my stomach was 85% smaller than what it used to be. So yeah. then it was a massive learning curve for me, mate. I wanted to be successful for me. I wanted to change my life and, and be a better dad, be a better partner, uh, all that sort of stuff. So I really worked hard on it and I learned a lot along the way. But yeah, just really happy to share my experiences with everyone else. Dan, is it also useful for people that may not have had the surgery? 100%. 100%. It's all the, all the recipes in there are very clean. You know, me and Steph and Amy, we sort of live a keto-based, uh, paleo sort of diet nowadays. So it's all very clean. It's based on the family. You don't want to be in the kitchen cooking three different meals for three different people. Yeah. So what we did was we made it based on, on one meal. We had 
maybe a little bit of carbohydrate or starch into Emmy's meal. Steph will keep quite clean, but she'll eat more than me type of thing. And, yeah, so we just don't, you don't want to be making three different meals. So we base it around family, uh, clean, budget, so, so you know, lo- lots of mints and, and lots of secondary cuts and all that sort of stuff. And, mate, when we finished it, it's 105 pages, and when we finished it, we're just really, really happy with the end product. Like we, I said to Steph, this is a great book, and, and it talks about our story, talks about my story, talks about why I got the way I got. It's very raw, it, it's emotional, it's happy. It's, and like you said, there's people that haven't had the surgery. Yep haven't even thought about having the surgery but are still buying the book based on the meals in there so it's really good really exciting and we're working on another book as we speak another ebook it's the way to go honestly i was like oh ebook i'm not sure rah, rah, rah. Yep. we've got two books published already and, yeah. and we sell them at the restaurant and all that sort of stuff but the ebook it's just taken off and and yeah we're, we're excited those books that you guys have at the restaurant they're beautifully bound the photos are great you know they're fantastic and a book is great to hold but at this point in time i Obviously, we don't want to be leaving the house uh, if we don't have no. to. So if you Perfect. can get an e-book, it's probably good. It's environmentally friendly. And um, there's obviously some great ideas in there. I do like the idea of cooking the same thing for everyone because I know at times at my sister's place, she was cooking up to four different meals. Yeah, it gets gets crazy, mate. It gets beyond a joke sometimes. Yeah. Like, even here, like on the weekends, we sort of... Well, we meal plan, but there's always like a night of a Saturday or Sunday night where it's, it's a free-for-all. Like, yep. what do you have an Emmy? You know, it was sort of... Macaroni and cheese yeah. is the same as my house. <laughs> Mate, no, she, she's pasta and pasta sauce. Yeah, That's nice. That's her go-to. Like, plate full of that. Happy, happy kids. So, yeah, mate, we just, it was just based on our experiences and um, growing up with Emmy. You know, she's nearly five now and... Also, too, Matt, can I take the take the chance, mate? Um, mm. Emmy's birthday's on the twenty third of April. Yeah, and well, we had a massive party plan for a poor little bugger like last year with us being away filming MKR yeah. and all that sort of stuff, and and we just want to make this birthday really special for her. So we're going to have a big party down at the Purple Park and Dirt Girl World, everything and all this sort of stuff. But obviously that's not going to happen. So what yeah. we plan on doing is on the twenty third of April between ten and eleven a.m. We organised the Dunga Derby guys to do a drive-by. So me, Steph and Emmy are going to sit out the front of each and we nice. just want everyone to drive by, beep the horn, wish her a happy birthday because she's had a rough trot the last 12 months and we just want to do something special for her. And, yeah, so if anyone out there is doing nothing between 10 and 11, make up a sign, put the kids in the car, drive past, give her a toot, mm. you'll make a day. So we're really excited for that. We've got the local fire brigade on board. We've got the police guys. Uh, Mr. Whippy guys going to come past. The Dunga Derby guys have said they'll do help us out. So, yeah, we just want to make it special for her. Yeah, that's nice, Dan. Excellent. And you know what? It gets other kids out there as well, doesn't it, I guess? Oh, yeah. Get some drawing and, yep. and all that sort of stuff. You know, we, we struggle here a bit with iPads and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And, so just get them, get them a bit creative and get to drive past and give us a wave and all that sort of stuff. So that'd be cool. Now, people can get details of that on your Facebook page? Absolutely, mate. So we do a couple of posters up and, yep. and we'll um, get them around Facebook, either Dan Steph, Dan Steph and Emmy pages and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, jump on board, guys. It'd be much appreciated. Dan, so obviously you guys have a restaurant. Um, there was a lot of people working for you. Uh, how does that look at the moment? Oh, Mac, it's a tough one, mate. It really is. Yeah. Um, this JobKeeper thing's been bought out. It hasn't been ticked off yet. Like, we, we don't know where we stand. We're on the phone to our accountant every day. Is this what's changed, everything mm-hmm. like that. Mate, we've decided to do pre-made meals. So I've got a couple of our full-time guys that are there. They're getting hours. 
until we work out what's happening with this JobKeeper thing. So we're not making a packet of money at all. It's yep. just keeping my guys doing a little bit here and there. And, you know, we're just having a good thorough clean, double-checking, make new menu. It's one of those things too, mate. Like, it's we're not the only ones affected. Yep. Everyone's in the same boat, and it's so scary. Like, you know, you see all the social media stuff of restaurants that have decided to close. Yeah. You know, you've got guys like Maddie at the front room who just wants a soldier on, wants to bring great, delicious, nutritious food to, to the public. And I've been in there a couple of times for coffee, and it's good to see people around town that are trying to make an effort and um, provide a service, I guess. So. Yeah, that is one great, thing. There's a lot of great, there's a lot of great um, community spirit, mate. Oh, it's mental. Like, the pay it forwards and, and, you know, people are getting on, online and doing lives and talking about stuff. And, and the lady with the bins, like, mate, she's only 400,000 followers on that page. Like, that's what she's created is, is unbelievable. And the fact that she's from Harvey Bay, I think, is credit to her. Yeah. It means that they're going to do one. We've got a couple of outfits here that should, should get a laugh or two. So, um, but just the community spirit, mate, has been yeah. amazing. Like, you know, you, you walk, walk into somewhere and, and we, we went through um, McDonald's drive-thru and then we got a soft serve ice cream and the guy in front, or a couple of cars in front, just put $100 credit. So he's just looking after $100 worth of stuff. Oh, like, wow. Stuff like that. Yeah, it's just crazy, mate. So it's good to see. Yeah, Dan, absolutely. Now, Steph had a birthday on the weekend. What do you do for an isolation birthday? I'm lucky my wife's birthday's not till December. My daughter's in November. The February one already happened. So what did you do? Not much. <laughs> <laughs> we just sort of, we, we chilled out. So, so what I did was we always, every birthday, we bake a cake out of the Woman's Weekly Cookbook. Yeah, nice. But you pick one and, and that's your cake. Like, Emmy changes those four times anyway. Steph picked the shark cake, so <laughs> I've, made, I've made the shark cake. Yeah. But we're doing some filming for some pork with some menu uh, recipe development stuff and all that sort of stuff. And I had a fridge full of food that was prepped already, ready to be filled. Yeah. And there was a cut onion in there. So yeah. I chucked the cake in with the raw onion that wasn't covered. My bad. <laughs> And then I pulled this cake out, red ice it, and it just tasted like onion. <laughs> so I had I had to scrap that idea. Yeah. And then and, and another community spirit, I raced up the cheesecake shop, yeah. Different Street there, and I was in a panic. And you know the, the ladies looked after me up there like you wouldn't believe. You know, gave me a great price on a cake and they're happy birthday. Yep. And, oh, they're fantastic, mate! Unbelievable. It's always very friendly. Made me get a colouring competition that they've got going on there for Emmy, and you know all that sort of stuff. They saved me. Pretty much <laughs> from the onion cake. Yeah, yeah, the onion cake, mate. Oh, mate, it was horrendous. Um, but apart from that, mate, we sort of just um, Steph will whoever's birthday it is. You sort of pick a menu, and, yeah. and we had some beautiful Harvey Bay scallops and did a herb butter out of the garden, stuff like that. Glass of rosé. Horse racing was on. Um, <laughs> just just chilled out, mate. That was it. Pretty early night. We lit a fire, roasted some marshmallows. Yeah, beautiful. It was pretty cool. There's one thing on the Fraser Coast that I've been missing a lot lately. That's live music. So I thought I'd bring some to you. This was recorded live. It's Derek F. Smith. It's called Better Than Me. Be warned, you may need a tissue. But that's okay. Monday morning, half awake. Clock is reading 6.08 As a tiny little hand grips for my hair Maybe it's from lack of sleep But I do my best not to weep As it cuddles closer just to know I'm there 
Tells me that he missed me when I was working late last night. Fell asleep there in his big boy bed, but he woke up with a fright. So he came in here to find me in the middle of the night. Says, I love you, Dad, and I want to be like you. But I hope they're better than me. Hope they learn from my mistakes. I hope they're wild and free. Less rubble in their wake. Hope they shoot them on and steal their dreams and suffer less heartaches. I hope they're better than me. Driving up round Alpine Way, Calum, Dallas, Pie and Say, Little Winnie snuggled in the back. Sing songs about trout fishes, fairy homes and making wishes, bounce around the winding mountain track. As we settle down outside the caravan at night. Staring at the stars as we stay warm by firelight Salem cups her hands around my ear and pulls in tight Says when I grow up I want to be like you But I hope they're better than me hope they learn from my mistakes I hope they're wild and free Less rubble in their wake Shoot them on and steal their dreams and suffer less heartaches. I hope they're better than me. I hope they're better than me. Hope they learn from my mistakes. I hope they're wild and free. Less rubble in their wake. Shoot them on and steal their dreams and suffer less heartaches. I hope they're better than me. Blindly fumble my way down this road of raising kids Try real hard to not lament the passing of the years Hope to always be there for their falls, their wins, their tears But there's one thing that I hope above all this I hope they're better than me Hope they learn from my mistakes I hope they're wild and free Less rubble in their wake Shoot them on and steal their dreams and suffer less heartaches. I hope they're better than me. I hope they're better than me. Crazy Coast Muso, Derek Smith, better than me. Did it make you cry? Got me the first time.
bastard. <laughs> With me now is Derek F. Smith. How's it looking at the moment, mate, in the music scene? A lot of things have changed, obviously. It's crazy. It's um, really changed the way I'm thinking about how I'm paying the bills and yep. and keeping in touch with the fans and everything. It's it's a totally different landscape out there. And it's sort of the way the government brought it in in little dribs and drabs. You know, some gigs got cancelled and yep. I thought, oh, I've still got a couple. We're yep. going to be all right. And then I played my last gig at Bay Central Tavern. I think it was Sunday the 23rd and then got home that night. And they're like, yep, pubs are shut from tonight. All done. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was, wow, reassess everything and, and how we're going to keep moving forward for the next, you know, whatever it's going to be. Well, you guys have definitely had a lot of changes in your lives when it comes to you and the family because a number of years ago, you weren't doing gigs at all. No, so I've, I was a road worker five years ago, mm. working up on the Bruce, and yeah, sort of fell into this after playing a couple of open mics uh, with yourself. And, um, you know, it's it's a brilliant career. I love the music. I mm. love interacting with the crowds, and, and uh, it's a great way to pay the bills. But yeah, it's currently a totally different landscape we're, we're working on. Yeah, so we're seeing a lot of online stuff from musos at the moment. How does that work? Yeah, so there's, I mean, there's different ways. People are doing it live feeds through Facebook and Instagram and things like that. I've got a subscribers group, so fans only. People can subscribe for $2.50 a week and, and come and watch me perform live. And, um, you know, with Google Chromecast and things like that, they can stream it straight to their TV and their stereo and, and have a virtual gig, I guess, in their house each weekend, which is pretty cool, and access the saved files from previous ones as well. So I'm getting a lot of positive feedback from that. Not quite the same as being there in person, yeah. but it's good. You know, you can see people's comments come up and there's some social interaction that way and a bit of a community feel still as close to the pub experience as you can get, I guess, drinking in your home and, and watching some live music yeah. with your immediate household. So, mate, things have been different, obviously, to what they were in the past, but uh, your social media presence has always been really heavy. Has that been something that... Uh, you've been relying on and other people have been relying on as well since you haven't been working? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's critical to, to keep that presence out there and keep people remembering what we're, what we're working towards, I guess, once once all this is over and, and reminding them the, the importance of live music and, and just the arts in general. And as we are all isolated, as long as you've got internet connection, you know, you don't have to be alone. You can be reaching out and, and still keeping fresh with the music. I'm actually using a bit of this time to write some more songs get some new material and uh, and even learn some new songs so people are requesting songs that I haven't done in the past and I'm trying to dedicate some time each week to learning some new songs so when I come back uh, it'll be a bigger and better experience than it was previously. When it comes to entertainment, mate, like what areas do you basically cover? How far up and how far down do you go from the Fraser Coast? So on a regular basis I play sort of Sunshine Coast, Gympie up to Gladstone, Rockhampton. Predominantly week on week off would be predominantly Maryborough, Harvey Bay, Bundaberg but sort of once a month to go a little bit further and then one to two times a year, even as far as far north Queensland, down to you know Great Ocean Road in Victoria or play at Threadbow for a few nights normally each season. That won't be happening this year, unfortunately. So obviously uh, you're still in contact with a lot of the publicans. How's that going? Yeah, they're, um, oh, I mean, they're struggling. A lot of them, they've all had to go get day jobs and, and that to try and pay the bills and keep keep the uh, the business there sort of in hibernation until all this is over and they can open up in full force. And I hope to see most of them be able to open up in full force when this is over and, and be viable again as businesses because they are an important part of the community. Publicans do work their butts off. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know what people think they do. I think people just think they serve drinks and take money and that's it. But there's, there's so much yeah. involved, uh, you know, looking after staff and making sure the customers are happy. These yeah. guys are super hard workers. And, uh, you know, it sounds like 
nothing changes when the pub's shut because uh, they're out there like working double, triple jobs sometimes. Well, that's it. That's it. Still trying to, you know, they've got to keep paying the bills for the premises that isn't earning for them so that when this is over, they can open it back up while still providing for their families and, and everything else. So it is a really tricky season and hats off to the publicans that are working their butts off and yeah. some of them that are, you know, able to do home deliveries or takeaway meals and things like that, changing their business models and adapting so they can keep viable. Some of them, you know, that's not in their scope and, and they're just having to find other day jobs to pay the bills. It is a it is a tricky time. It is, but uh, diversification is the thing that seems to be getting people through at the moment. It is. You've got to adapt and you've got to find the opportunities where they are. And it's hard because I think everyone is struggling financially. So it's, you know, often when there's a natural disaster that affects a certain population, everyone else can reach in and, and find a little bit and those little bits add up to a lot for the people that are struggling. But it's, it's global. Everyone is feeling it. So it's it's hard to uh, to really find the support because everyone needs the support. That's, yeah. It is really tricky. I think we're pretty lucky to live where we do at this point in time. Absolutely. I would not, uh, I would not swap my location for the world. 100%. Literally. So if people want to be able to support what you're doing, mate, keep the arts alive, what is the best way to go? So if they want to go to DerekFSmith.com forward slash fans, that's where they can subscribe to my my fans only page and they can see weekly live music feeds, interact with me there, request songs, or just go to DerekFSmith.com. They can purchase CDs if they just want to to buy some albums. Uh, Some of my back catalogue, which is no longer in stock, I've put up for digital download at a really cheap price. So people can get access to those as MP3 downloads. But otherwise, Derek F. Smith on Facebook or Instagram. Keep in touch with me that way, and I can send you links. New song from you that's called Better yeah. Than Me. I had to stop playing it because uh, <laughs> I was getting a little bit emotional. This one is about parents and kids, and obviously at this time, you know, we're spending a lot more time with our kids. It'll choke you up, but you know what? It'll choke you up in a good way. Yeah, it, it was sort of in the back of my head for a few months, and then I woke up one morning and just penned it all down. It just came out, which is sort of how I tend to write songs. I do it a bit subconsciously, and then it, it comes out all at once. <laughs> They're the kids oh, there. one sec, darling. <laughs> uh, they are. I'm out in the yard playing a bit of basketball oh, with them. Oh, good. Hey, Winnie. We've got five beautiful kids, and managed to squeeze all their names into the song. Good. <laughs> good. They'll be happy. Yeah, that's it. Excellent. Well, you've probably got to go and make some more children. So uh, if people want to grab it, where do they do it, mate? Uh, DerekFSmith.com is the best way to find me, or on Facebook or Instagram, Derek F. Smith. Thanks, Mac. A lot of changes across the world. One of those big ones. Pubs are shut. Yes. It's almost a Slim Dusty song, isn't it? But there are still a lot of people trading. They're doing different things. They're diversifying. It's great. One of those places still open at the moment with their bottle is the Harvey Bay Hotel. And with me from the Harvey Bay Hotel, it's B. Hello. Hello, Mac. B, you are busy at the moment. Uh, walking the kids, you're getting some fitness in, hey? Yeah, yeah, just trying to get them some fresh air. Nice. You've been in lockdown and just allowed yourself to come out for a little bit. Yes, yes, they are. They go a bit stir-crazy if I yeah. keep them inside too long. Yep, my kids are exactly the same, mate. It's good to get them some fresh air. With you guys at the bottle shop, uh, how are things working at the moment? Uh, the bottle shop's operating as normal. We're still a drive through We encourage drive through rather than people getting out and coming in. Yeah. We've got a great team that'll grab whatever you want and bring it straight to your car. We've got pay waves, like portable F-pass. Yep. So it's, it's nice and easy for everyone still to come through the drive through Yeah, and you guys are doing deliveries now as well. 
Yeah, we've always done deliveries. We're just um, emphasising it a lot more now for those that are in lockdown and isolation. We'll do payment over the phone for you. you just got to phone the hotel on 4128-1044. The drive-thru boys will take your order and, yeah, we'll deliver. So, obviously, uh, this is an interesting time that uh, we've arrived at. You guys would probably be seeing some of the regulars in a different light. Some of them would be driving a car to the pub now. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yes, we um, see a lot of our locals either walking through the like walking to the drive-through or yep. in their car to get their couple of stubbies for the day, which is it's fantastic to see that they're still supporting. Yes. Yeah. You guys have always had a pretty good community around you. Are uh, you seeing a lot of good community spirit still? Yeah. Yeah, we are. Um, our bottle shop boys are still working in the drive-through, so we're we're supporting them as much as we can. Yeah. And um, people phoning up that wouldn't normally phone up, which is really good. Like, they're keeping the local businesses still going. Yep. Nothing like supporting the small guys. 100%. And you guys have been big supporters of the Mariners rugby team. Uh, You guys just got in and took it out before (laughs) everything shut down. (laughs) We were very, very lucky to um, support the the team, the club again this year. Mm. They played the Spring Cup, took out the Cup, which is fantastic. And um, they got their yeah their season of footy in before before it all got shut down for the winter season. Yeah. So next year, do you think the Mariners are going to be as strong as they were this year? Yeah, I do. Yeah, they've um they've really come together as a good tight knit team. Yeah. Well, they've got no excuse not to be fit. They've got all this time to do some training, right? Uh, I'm hoping that it's it's training they're doing and not lifting. <laughs> That's right, B. Well, uh, thanks very much for chatting and uh, good luck with everything. And hopefully everybody's open sooner rather than later. Yes, we hope so as well. We'd love to see our locals and customers back in the pub, back at the bar, back in the bistro, serving all our daily specials. Awesome. Take care, B. Look after those kids. Thanks, Mac. You too. See ya. One of the things we're all wondering at the moment is... What is going on with online schooling? Is this going to be a thing that's permanent? Is this going to be a thing that's only going to go on for a little while? Well, the answer to it is we don't know. Even the teachers don't know, but that's not what's important. What is important at the moment is making the most of it uh, while we have to do it. And with me is a primary school teacher and a high school teacher. Claire, my friend, she joins us and was who does our movie reviews on the show. He's with us as well. He's a high school teacher. G'day, guys. Hi. Very well, thank you. Now, Claire, you've got primary school uh, at the moment. You're teaching grade four. How does that look for you as a teacher trying to get lessons out to people online? Yeah, so we have to accommodate for the fact that not everybody has reasonable internet, access to computers. There might be more than one child in the family and maybe the older child has preference over the computer and things. I guess that we as teachers have sort of had to accommodate for all of that. We've suggested that maybe, you know, we do some online stuff, but we've also had to print out hard copy packs and things just to prepare. We don't know how it's going to be put out to the to the students, but... Um, Um, We've just had to try and cover all bases, I guess. Whilst you're looking after high school at the moment, you've got a whole heap of seniors there that obviously are going to be finishing this year. What does that look like for those guys? Well, the seniors are having a huge impact this year. And you've got to remember, these seniors are going through year 12 now. They were our, our first preppies. 
So these guys have ah. had so many things along the way that mm. they've been up against. They've, they've really been swimming upstream the whole time. So the QCAA have been a little bit lenient, the Curriculum Authority, the Queensland Curriculum Authority. Mm. They've, they've been really kind to the U12s because they do know how much um, of a battle it's been. And so th- they've taken one whole assessment item off the seniors. So it, rather than doing three assessment items for the year and external exam, they're only having to do two now. So that'll alleviate a bit of the pressure, but yeah, the pressure's still on for them to do well. And, and as teachers, we've got to make sure that they get across the line legitimately so that they can finish school, get their new QCE, and uh, everything's all above board. Well, when it comes to learning online, how are the kids going with focus? Well, that's the difficult thing. That's the unknown at this stage. Yeah. We as teachers don't really know how to teach online. We're, we're all learning and parents as well. It's yeah. new for them. It's new for everyone. So I think the important thing is not to get too stressed about it. Teachers have had a huge learning curve over the last few weeks. I'm sure, Claire, you, you've you gone home and, and just uh, you know, flaked out on the couch like I have, <laughs> just trying to get Absolutely. your head around this. But um parents are really taking on the role of teacher support rather than the teacher. So the teachers are providing all the work, but we're all in this together learning a new way to teach kids, basically. As parents, they can't expect to emulate exactly what a classroom looks like. Um, Mm. There are a couple of days where I was looking after my friend's kids as well. She's a nurse. She had to go to work. She wasn't sure about sending her kids to school at one stage. I was able to look after them. I'm trying as a teacher to teach as I do in school, and it just didn't work. It's about setting up what's good for home. So cooking and baking and then, you know, all that measuring and fractions and, um, you know, doubling the batch and things like that and then writing about it, really mixing up real life experiences with a bit of skills and things, I guess, with writing and reading. You really can't do exactly what we do in school at home. It's just not reasonable. (laughs) Yeah, don't be afraid to think outside of the box and think of new ways of learning because although you'll have all those online resources that the teachers have worked so hard to get ready for the kids some kids they just do better without having to do book work and you know they, yeah. they str- maybe struggle like Claire said with with fractions so get them cooking because cooking it might not seem like it but it does cover the math like you said it covers mm. English because they have to do step-by-step text that covers you know things like history because you can tell them about the first time you learned to cook or yep. um, social science it covers health you, you can talk about nutrition and you can even cover science and talk about molecular gastronomy if you really want to and at the end of the day everyone gets a great meal so everyone's happy. As long as there's not too much Heston Blumenthal going on in your house and kids blowing things up. (laughs) Now was you teachers have been working very hard lately you were saying at school in the last couple of weeks uh, you've never seen people work harder to try and get stuff up and running. That's right my girls made note last week that I was coming home for the first time in my teaching career coming home and just falling asleep on the couch in the afternoon because there's so much to get your head around because this is totally new to us. It is uh, a steep learning curve. Claire, I was wondering how you guys were going at primary school. Are you more equipped to do online learning? Yeah, so as I mentioned before, we um, had a survey and, you know, just to get in touch with parents and what they actually have with the capabilities at home, with the internet, with availability of tablets or laptops and things like that. And we got a really mixed response that, yeah, if they have a good internet speed, that's fine, but it might be that they only have one laptop and they've got three children, you know, and the high school students might get the priority. So we had to really mix it up in providing documentation together that we can email 
email out in zip files and things like that. We've learnt about Skype for Business and all that, so we can be in touch with our colleagues, but also just printing out lots and lots of packs to support the people who can't access that email, can't access the desktop to do it digitally. It's going back to that old school hard copy, but also giving them the opportunity that there's this link, you can go on YouTube and look at this thing, or you can go to this site and look at this. And so, yeah, we've really had to cater all bases and we just don't know. And that's what's made it tricky. We've just had to predict somehow what's it going to look like. And that's the thing, Macca, there's so many unknowns. Absolutely. One of the unknowns is the psychological impact on kids. Now, how do you talk to kids about this? Obviously, it's going to differ from the preppies through to year seven, but do you have an approach that you talk to parents about? We have always had that dialogue with the older ones about coronavirus. I think they know more about the situation than teachers sometimes because they're all across it talking to their friends. They're on social media. And I think that's another thing to to remember that in these times of self-isolation that teenagers need to be encouraged and and younger kids need to be encouraged to um, continue using social media to bond with their friends and their peers because they're not going to have that contact like they do at school. So take regular breaks from their homeschooling and make sure that they do share those bigger worries with you as a parent, but that they've also got that contact with the kids. I know that for primary school age kids, they might miss their company. And as Claire said, that um, everyone's learning about Zoom or FaceTime or Skype for business. And um, so schedule in a few play dates in there and make sure that they keep that connection with their friends. That's a a big part of schooling. It's a a big part, including learning the times tables and things like that. But remember, if kids are talking to one another or they hear misinformation about COVID-19 from their friends, just maybe use this time to remind them to check online reputable sources. So get them to Mm. think savvy and critically and, and take them to some of the Australian government websites so that they can find out these information and facts for themselves. Let them, let them learn or give them that, the idea that they're, they're learning this stuff on their own as well. And I must admit, from um, the younger years perspective, there are a lot of child-friendly books that have been published now online. I have gone online and I'm part of a, a few different groups, um, social isolation, education support and things like that. And a lot of people, parents themselves, they share resources that they come across online. And I've come across quite a few kid-friendly storybooks as such, which explains coronavirus to them in a really kid-friendly way. So that would be helpful as well. Was before you go, have you got anything you'd like to add? Maka, just get in there and create a routine with them early. Some kids might be very anxious about the idea of having to do homeschooling. So what you want to do is try and provide them with that sense of normality. Make it a normal thing as early as you can. So if you plan early on, like a just a rough daily routine with a few different activities like schoolwork and exercise, don't forget the exercise, chores around the house, I'll be getting mine to do a fair bit of vacuuming and washing up and stuff like that. But be creative and let them have a bit of free play along the way because it's not just all about the learning, they've got to have their little time out as well. Because teachers do provide that to kids during the day, they give them time out. But it's important to negotiate those routines with the kids so that they have a bit of ownership about that as well. All the kids, the, the High school kids might not need as much because they're already self-directed with their learning and they're managing their own time. So maybe parents just need to give them a little nudge every now and then. But if you create a routine with the younger ones, you're going to um, make it easier for yourself because 
you'll let them know when you've got your teacher hat on and, and when it comes off again. And Claire, for you? Yeah, it was summed it up beautifully, but just parents, don't be too hard on yourself. It's not about replicating what we do in school at home. It's schooling from home. So that will look completely different. I think they need to take the parent approach to it. And if they don't get it all covered, don't stress. I, myself as a teacher, if kids came back in year four, memorising their timetables and knowing them back to front, I would be so happy. I would be doing backflips. <laughs> because that is a skill that gets missed along the way and is so important. So just the basics, you know, and read to your children. You know, conversation and things like that help their vocab and just relating to things. And, you know, it's not so much sit down with a pencil and paper and write. You can do so much learning related to real life. Just have fun while you're doing it. You might surprise yourself and realise, well, this actually isn't too bad. So... Yeah. <laughs> I've a few virtual excursions. I'm taking my yeah. youngest to... Um, uh, Central Park Zoo, we're going to go and check that out as a virtual excursion. So there's plenty of fun ways to engage with them. Yeah, and stop day drinking and teaching people, all right? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. I caught up with Alicia Miles from Core Connect Psychology to get a few tips on how we can all do a little bit better each day. There's a lot going on with corona, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, and there's a lot of information out there that, I don't know, a lot of it's not relevant, I don't think. And I think it's playing with people's minds a little bit. What are your thoughts? I think that people are being inundated with information that um, is some of it really factually driven, Mm. and there's a lot that people are, it's coming from the space of fear, which I think that can then just create fear within our community. Yeah, it does eat into the brain. You can't help it. Like if you flick it on and all they're showing is negative stuff, it's just going to sink into your brain. It's like watching a scary movie, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And then when you've got, you know, the media or people are posting on social media, whatever it might be, and it's something that is creating that fear, then people are then responding to it and it can create angst. It can create a lot of other emotions that we don't necessarily need to experience in our current climate. Alicia, I feel that we should be just concentrating more on what's going on in our own communities rather than what's going on in the rest of the world. I would have to totally agree with you there. I think then if we focus on our own community, that keeps us then aware of what we should be doing because I don't think that as much as what this is being impacted around the world and yes we have to have a view and and compassion for what's going on I still think that if we look after what our community is doing and ensure that we're doing what's required of us in our community then we're going to not have to experience this and experience that angst and all that anxiety I guess that can come from hearing everything else that's going on around the world. I had a moment at my house the other night where my wife was playing this clip and it was stuff that was pretty untrue and she was having a laugh at it because she went, oh gosh, some people are so over the top with this Mm -hmm. COVID-19 stuff. It was conspiracy theorist stuff and I had a bit of a laugh myself and then I said, I think you should go grab some headphones and she said, oh, why is that? I said, because little ears are hearing that and you don't know what stuff they're going to believe. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. I think that as adults, we can have a conversation and we have the ability to filter mm. information, you know, and like decide on whether or not, oh, do we want to take that on board? Are we going to do anything about that? Or is that just stuff that we just want to push to the side and not actually pay any attention to? Kids, unfortunately, whatever age they are, before they have that ability to develop all those processes in their brain, they're going to take in information no matter what it is and they're not actually going to be able to filter 
monitor it as well as what we can. So yeah, it's really important to make sure that the information our little ones or our young people are getting is information that their developmental level, I think that's really, really important. I think it's also important that we check what they're saying to their friends as well because yeah. kids hear half a story and then they go and tell their friends and by the end of the day it's Chinese whispers and it's become factual. Yeah, that's for sure. And kids sometimes too when they get into that position where they're they're talking with their friends sometimes want to be seen as the expert if you like, you know. Mm. So they want to tell their friends they know a lot more than what they actually do. And for kids that are I guess, anxious or predisposed to feeling anxiousness, they might grab hold of that. And that actually then might become something that then builds in a fear for them and they struggle with trying to manage it. Yeah, we have to watch what our little ones or our kids are talking about. Okay, so what would your approach be to people that are feeling a little bit like, I've got no control over this situation? Is there anything that people could do that's going to help them I think that one of the most important things to do is to filter what you're hearing and then work out what you can do. Because one of the biggest things that when we're feeling fear or anxiousness within situations or we're feeling like we're helpless within the situation, it's really important for us to develop some sort of a plan and an approach to that. So, you know, your plan might be, well, I'm only going to listen to this much of the news or I'm only going to listen to this or I'm going to get up every day and I'm going to do this and I'm going to make sure that I have a plan around how people come into my home or when I go out what I'm going to do so that you feel like you've got some level of control for yourself and your family within your area, within your environment, within your home, whatever places that you go to. And I think that when you have that, then you feel that helplessness is reduced. So you have that control. I think for the little ones, I think it's important that we do listen to them. We do provide them with information with our children. And when I'm talking about little ones, I'm talking about not, you know, toddlers per se. I'm talking about our children. So that They know information and they're able to understand it, but it's also important for us to hear them. So we listen to them. So if they're saying something to us, we're actually going to listen to what their concerns are and then we're going to give them information that is enough for them to be able to manage it. But it's also important that with our kids that we show them that we're coping and how we're coping with it. So we're modelling rational thinking for our children so then that they don't actually get anxious and they're able to actually model how we're managing the situation. So one of the biggest feelings, as we were talking about earlier, is the helplessness. People feel like they can't do anything, they can't control the situation, and for people to feel safe, they need to feel like they own things. Being involved with the community is one of the biggest things you can do to make yourself feel like you're doing something, you're contributing, that you're making the world a better place, you know, whether that be volunteering to help drop things off to people that you know in your neighbourhood who are older, who can't do that sort of stuff themselves, or whether it might be you have a business that's still running and you know some people that are unemployed, you might be able to give them some work with your business. Is that really where we should be at, do you think? I think so. I think that making those connections helps us to feel good too. If we drop something off or we make contact with an elderly neighbour or we're saying hello to someone or we're passing something on to someone in the shop or you know, sharing something with someone in this current climate, it actually helps us to feel good. And feeling good is important. It, it helps us to get out of bed every day. It helps us to move about and do what we need to do. So being able to share with people, have conversations with people, making those connections within our community, like you're saying, volunteering, doing those sorts of things help us to feel better. And then the more we feel better, 
the less we're feeling and focusing on all of the unfortunate outcomes that are occurring because of the current health situation. Alicia, your business is Core Connect Psychology. How can people reach out to you? They can ring me on 0472 They can go to their GP, get a mental health care plan to come and see me. Also via email at aliciamiles at bigpond.com. And Alicia, for people that are doing it tough, obviously, Lifeline 13, 11, 14. Yeah, and there's some other great places online and there's lots and lots of places out there that are coming out and giving people a lot of information on how to help themselves. So if you go onto Google or your preferred search engine and type in Emerging Minds, they have some really great stuff in there to help parents manage what's going on for their kids and BU is another website that will help people work out how do I manage my children's anxiousness or what's going on for them. Alicia, thank you very much. You're more than welcome. Thank you. It's Mac, almost out of here. Thank you so much, Fraser Coast, for listening. I hope you got something out of it. That was my intention, to try and help, and that's what everybody should be doing, trying to help right now. So anything you can do in your local area to help, put your hand in, help the local businesses out, and eventually it'll all come back in return. 